The old renaissance is the new renaissance. Standing on tradition while embracing the spirit of distinction. This is the Harlem Brewing Company. Uniquely crafted beer brewed to deliver a taste, a sound, and a feeling that can only be described in one way. Harlem style. So come and take a trip on the A-Train with our Harlem Sugar Hill Golden Ale and our Harlem Renaissance Whip Beer. The neighborhood original. Sponsored by Harlem Beer Distributing North Carolina. For more information, log on to their website at harlembeernc.com. On December 27, 1892, Livingstone and Biddle College, now known as Johnson C. Smith University, played in Salisbury, North Carolina with Biddle winning 5-0. Over time, HBCU football has evolved. HBCU football's popularity continues to rise. Millions attend games each year and millions more watch on television. The HBCU bands provide some of the top entertainment in the country. Over that time, some of the best players to ever play in the National Football League played at HBCUs. Every Monday through Friday on the HBCU Football Daily Podcast, national radio and television host Donald Ware takes a look at what's happening in HBCU football and talks with coaches, players, administrators, and media about the season. Make sure you join the conversation on social media now. Here's your host, Donald Ware. You've got it locked to the HBCU Football Daily Podcast for today, Tuesday, October 10th. I'm Donald Ware. So, we didn't have a an HBCU Football Daily Podcast on yesterday, but it's Takeaway Tuesday. I've got plenty of takeaways, as a matter of fact, and we're going to roll two podcasts into one. Not necessarily going to run down the scores, all of the scores, from the HBCU football season, uh, or from, from week five, six, I should say, in HBCU football, but you had... Definitely some key wins. I mean, Florida A&M had to eke it out uh, with Southern. Uh, you had uh, Alcorn State defeating Grambling. Uh, that was a big win for Alcorn State. So much like we saw last year, that SWAC Western Division is really going to come down to the wire. I mean, Texas Southern's like not totally out of it um, at the moment, but you look at uh, you look at Southern, you look at Grambling. And you look at Prairie View A&M, they're all right there. They're all right there in terms of, uh, and and we're at the midway point of the season. Um, I look at uh, the Benedict and Miles game. Uh, I I thought Benedict would win the game, would win by three or four points. They ended up winning uh, 27 to 24 in a really, really uh, good football game. And again, one of my takeaways, and especially as we look in terms of the midway point, is where teams are in the SIAC. And you may be surprised. We talk about you know how great Benedict is, uh, and we talk about that matchup with Miles, and how you know Miles was right there as well. You know, but there are a lot of other teams um, that are right there as well that we're going to talk about uh, a little bit more. I look at. I also talked about this. Uh, on the weekend edition of Box to Row, watch for Howard against Northwestern. Would Howard have an opportunity? Now, the score was 23-20. to 20. Northwestern won that football game. I look at that. I look kind of poured through the stats in the box score. Howard scored a touchdown um, late to pull to within 
the three points. The fact of the matter is the fact that Howard was right there with Northwestern, a who, you know, for several years more recently, solid football program and a power five school. Howard is is solid. And that's one of my other takeaways is the MIAC. While we haven't gotten uh, to MIAC play to this point, and I believe we do get to some MIAC play um, starting this weekend, the fact of the matter is the MIAC is wide open. I mean, Howard dropping that game to Hampton was a bit of a, you know, a bit of a surprise. I'm, I'm not going to call it an aberration because I think Hampton's got a really good football team, but you know, Howard's right there. I think, you know, obviously North Carolina Central, who, by the way, um, another one of my takeaways. Look, we look at the Eagles defending champs. Um, the Eagles are a really, really good football team. Trey Oliver's got that that program right where it needs to be. And I'm going to tell you what, this was a building process, okay? This is a building process for North Carolina Central. You take it back to 2007, first year uh, in in 1AA or FCS and as an independent. And it was a decent year. And then the building came into the MEAC in 2011. Then for some, for you'd look at what? I go to 2014, 15, 16, 17, right there. Uh, winning some MEAC champion, winning the outright MEAC championship in 2016, sharing a couple of titles, 15 and 14. Uh, and, and, you know, then Trey Oliver took over and it was a bit of a struggle in 2019, no season in 2020, uh, 2021. Uh, you could see the building start. And then last year, kicked the door in and now just rolling through. The comeback win over Campbell last week. The win over Elon uh, this week. Uh, and, and I'm not going to say a dominating game, but I mean, you know, the Eagles won that game by 11 points. So look, North Carolina Central is really, really good. I mean, even in the MEAC, you know, South Carolina State may have something to say. You know, I know, I know Morgan started the season w- with the win over Richmond, lost four straight games. Uh, of course, the homecoming was camp- canceled, so the game against um, the game this past weekend uh, was canceled as well. But you know, Norfolk State had been on a had had a couple of good wins. That went over Towson um, was a good win. The win over Hampton was a good win. Then lost to A and T. Had a bye week. No, Dawson Odom's going to have his guys ready to rock and roll. You know, I look at I mean Delaware State putting up. You know what? Forty some odd points against uh, 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 in their game uh, this past weekend. So listen, I, it's, uh, it, that Miac is wide open, and realistically, any of the six teams could win um, the Miac. So it, you know, w- w- midway through the season, I mean, there's so many different things that we're going to talk about and can talk about, and we're going to do that. Um, but let me do some house cleaning uh, items as we do each week on Takeaway Tuesday. The HBCU National Players of the Week, uh, Alcorn State quarterback Aaron Allen, completed 20 of 31 passes, 248 yards, three touchdowns, including the game winner um, as the Braves defeated, as I mentioned, uh, Grambling 25 to 24, game winner with 142 remaining. Kamani Clark, running back for Virginia State, 
had 244 yards rushing on 21 carries, including four uh, rushing touchdowns in Virginia State as Virginia State rolled over uh, Bowie State. And, uh, you know, another one of, of, of the takeaways uh, at the midway point, you have six or you have two teams that are undefeated, uh, Virginia State and uh, also uh, Benedict are your two undefeated teams uh, right now in HBCU football. Then we look at the polls, the coaches poll. North Carolina Central continues to be to remain number one, uh, receiving all but one first place vote that went to Florida A&M, who's number two. Jackson State number three. Uh, Alcorn State makes a a a significant jump all the way uh, from number four to or, excuse me from number nine to number four uh, this week. So your top three teams remain the same. Alcorn number four, Howard at number five. Uh, and then Hampton and Tennessee State <clears throat> tied for six. Tennessee State had a big win as well. Like, you know, we'll see. Could Tennessee State challenge this year for that newly created Big South OVC football conference? Maybe. Uh, the Tigers right now 2-1 and one in conference play. Grambling is number eight. Southern is number nine. And Alabama A&M number 10. In the media poll, remember, uh, going back a, for uh, going back a couple of uh, about three weeks or four weeks or so, Florida A and M for two straight weeks, number one in the media poll ever since North Carolina Central lost to UCLA. But since then, okay, but the two straight weeks, and then North Carolina Central climbed back to the number one spot last week, even though it had less first place votes, it outpointed Florida A and M by a couple of uh, points last week after the win over Campbell. And look this week, another win, this time over Elon. I believe Elon may have been national. Elon was nationally ranked. So that's the second year in a row that uh, North Carolina Central has taken out a nationally ranked team. And also, uh, I think, I think it was, was it? I think it was, uh, trying to think who, it was New Hampshire, I believe is who, uh, North Carolina Central beat on last year. So, I mean, look, the Eagle program is serious. Uh, but this time receiving 17 of the 20 first place votes. So it, it just shows the shift in terms of that the Eagles are a legitimate. I mean, we know they're legitimate, but I mean, they're beating. North Carolina Central is doing now what A&T had been doing the latter part of the 2010s beating some of these nationally ranked teams, beating some of these FBS programs. And uh, so that's what the Eagles are doing. Of course, Florida A&M number two, Benedict received one first place vote. Sits at number three, Jackson State number four, and Virginia State, who was undefeated at number five. So your top five remain the same from last week. Six through 10 looks like this. Virginia Union, Tuskegee, Hampton, Fort Valley State rolls into um, the the uh, – the top 10, deservedly so, has won five straight football games. Um, got a big-time showdown on Thursday against Benedict. Man, that game's going to be on ESPN2. Uh, what anticipation for that football game? Another takeaway uh, in terms of what the SIAC is doing. I'm going to talk about that uh, momentarily. And then Prairie View A&M jumps back in to the top 10 uh, at the number 10 position. 
So let's look at some of the conference standings after uh, at the midway point, okay? You know, and I talked about this with the SIAC. Great football being played in the SIAC. We talk about Benedict at the top. There's one, however many regulars, straight regular season. I mean, well, you go back to last season, uh, 11 wins on last season, uh, six wins so far. So that's 17 straight wins, at least dating back to last season. And that first season under uh, Tennis Berry was a five and five season. I'm not sure if, if uh, I, I don't know off the top of my, my head, uh, I can't remember if Benedict uh, had won, uh, uh, so you know some games to end uh, that particular season in 2021. But you look at Benedict, and we can talk about how great Benedict is. But then you have three other schools that are undefeated in conference play. Two other schools that have one loss. So you look at Fort Valley State. We talk about the showdown on Thursday between Benedict and Fort Valley State. We'll talk more about that on the Thursday edition of the HBCU Football Daily Podcast. You also have Tuskegee, uh, who is undefeated as well in conference play, 4-0. And then Albany State. Remember, Albany State under Quinn Gray, his first season as the head coach, started the season 0-2. Now he's won four straight football games. So Albany State is in the mix as well. Allen you know, bounce back from its loss last week, three and one in conference play. And then Miles is three and three and one. Also, it's only lost to Benedict, of course, uh, last week, but it knocked Miles from at the top to back to number six. But look at Edward Waters. Don't sleep on Edward Waters winning some close football games. And Edward Waters is three and two uh, in conference play as well. So the SIAC, and remember, this is the year that the SIAC decided to move from east-west to straight conference. So your top two teams are going to play in the championship game. Of course, we wouldn't know that right now uh, because you have four teams that are undefeated in conference play. I don't know all of the tiebreaker rules. Um, Obviously, you know, Benedict still has Fort Valley State remaining. It still has Albany State remaining. So it has some teams to play. Tuskegee still has miles remaining. So, you know, this thing is not over by any stretch. But the top two teams will play for the SIAC championship, unlike past years when it was East and West. I kind of like that, actually. Uh, CIAA. So, you know, the Northern Division is going to be the Northern Division, right? And Virginia State right now sits on top in the, uh, in the CIAA's Northern Division, um, but it still has Virginia Union ahead of it. Um, and, of course, it took care of, of Bowie State, I think the I think that that's the big game and that's the last game of the season. But Virginia State, and I know uh, Henry, uh, Dr. Henry Frazier, the head football coach, is not going to let his team rest on its laurels. They're going to come play like their life depends on it each week and not look look at each game as it is and not look ahead uh, to Virginia Union. It's probably going to be um, its toughest game remaining. Uh, I don't think. I'm going to look here real quick. I don't think Virginia State has played Lincoln of Pennsylvania uh, as of yet. So, I mean, it really can't look ahead. Uh, As a matter of fact, plays Lincoln on the 28th. Bluefield State next week, Elizabeth City State, both of those programs struggling a little bit. But you got to handle your business like the Trojans did. I mean, the Trojans handled their business against Bowie State, who was still sort of uh, in the running. But now Bowie State has fallen back um, to two and two. So, the, the the Northern Division may be not as tough as it's been in past years, but Virginia State, Virginia Union right there, and then don't sleep on Lincoln. 
in the Southern Division. I mean, right now you have Fayetteville State at 4-0, but Fayetteville State still has some games ahead of it, um, including Johnson C. Smith, including Shaw. And by the way, uh, Johnson C. Smith was undefeated in conference play, but Shaw came back this past weekend and defeated uh, Johnson C. Smith. So, I mean, if you look at Livingstone's 2-2, Shaw's 2-2, Winston-Salem State is 2-2. Any of those teams still has an outside shot. Right now, Fayetteville State is in the driver's seat, but again, has not played Johnson C. Smith as of yet, who only has the one loss. So the set, the, the loss by Johnson C. Smith, like, wasn't an extreme setback to this point um, with, with, the, with, with those teams still really um, having to meet. But it's a long season. Even though we're, uh, in, in, and as a matter of fact, in the CIAA, we're a little bit more than halfway through the season, but it's a long season left remaining. Fayetteville State still has Livingstone, Johnson C. Smith, Shaw, and Winston-Salem State. Its toughest games are ahead of it. And and really, Fayetteville, I mean, because think about it. Fayetteville State beat St. Augs, who had been struggling. Now, I get it. Uh, Howard, uh, Coach Feggins was with the Fayetteville State program last year and previous years, so he knows that program. But Fayetteville State's not dominating. It's winning football games. Beat a good Virginia Union team, right? But it's doing it with defense, still trying to find its way offensively uh, and specifically at the quarterback position, okay? So that CIAA is still very much up for grabs. Looking at the SWAC. So if I look at the SWAC um, in the East, I mean, I just think Florida A&M is the team to beat. Um, it's already got one up on Jackson State, but Florida A&M still has some games, um, you know, certainly has some games ahead of it, right? Squeaked out to beat Southern. But again, I, like I mentioned uh, uh, on the HBCU Football Daily Podcast uh, on Friday, look, you know, a loss by Florida A&M would not have hurt it as much. Uh, and it found a way to win on the road in a tough environment. Okay. Florida A&M still has Alabama A&M remaining, who now has two losses. So that's going to be tough for Alabama A&M to kind of come out of that. Um, but listen, Florida A&M, not a very tough schedule ahead. You know, Texas Southern, I mean, Prairie View's tough. Don't get me wrong. You know, Alabama A&M is a conference game. Lincoln of California out of conference. And then ending against Bethune-Cookman in that Florida Classic. So it's not the toughest schedule, but it's definitely not a schedule that Florida A&M can sleep on. Jackson State, you know, still right there. Um you know, maybe playing possibly for a playoff, but I, I just don't see Florida A&M losing in the East. When I look at the SWAC, wide open. Now everybody's kind of falling back. You know, Prairie View A&M was, was, was 2-0 at one point. Now still right there at 3-1. and Grambling lost its game to Alcorn State. Was 2-0, now is 2-1 in Alcorn State. Now climbs to 2-1 in Southern. Lost the game to Florida A&M. It is now two and one, but the bottom line is these teams, for the most part, still have to play each other. So that SWAC Western Division is going to come down once again to the wire, and you, it may be that Bayou Classic that makes the determination in terms of, uh, and I think it will now. Now, in, in, but it doesn't mean necessarily that Grambling or Southern will be. Again, it came down to the last game of the season in that Bayou Classic. Southern won it. Alcorn lost that day. 
Obviously, you know, well, Grambling wasn't in the running. Prairie View lost that day, and Southern ended up being the team that ended up going to the uh, representing the Western Division in the SWAC championship game. Again, as I mentioned, I talked about it earlier. You know, no need to go through the MEAC uh, schedule because MEAC has not played a conference game um, as of yet. Um, while we're talking, I'm going to look up this MEAC schedule uh, real quick because I want to see uh, if, in fact, uh, the MEAC is, uh, if the MEAC conference begins. And I don't think it actually doesn't even begin. Uh, let's see. doesn't even begin this weekend. I think it begins next weekend. It may be a game or two. I'm going to look this up um, uh, for you guys real quick. No, Howard is at Harvard, Tennessee Tech's at, or South Carolina State hosts Tennessee Tech. Uh, Norfolk State's away at Tennessee State. Man, that's going to be a good football game. Uh, now, you do have, um, you do have, but that's next week. So it starts It starts next Thursday. Thursday night matchup, North Carolina Central at Morgan State. Man, that that, that may that, that could be a really good football. I like the way North Carolina Central is playing. Uh, Morgan State has, in essence, had a, uh, a bye week, uh, right? And it doesn't play uh, on Saturday either to get ready for Thursday. So preparation right there. I think Morgan State's going to be prepared. Uh, but MEAC play really begins on next Thursday when uh, when Morgan State hosts North Carolina Central. So that's it for today's HBCU Football Daily Podcast. Again, the midway point of the HBCU season. Uh, listen, we're, we're back. Uh, you know, have had some challenges. Um, didn't have the podcast on yesterday. We're back for the rest of the week. We're back, you know, next week. So tell a friend about the HBCU Football Daily Podcast. You can always watch uh, on the Box to Row YouTube channel, and you can listen on BoxToRow.com as well as iHeartMedia.com. Talk with you tomorrow. We hope you enjoy this episode of the HBCU Football Daily Podcast. You can watch on our YouTube page on YouTube at HBCU Football Daily Podcast. Don't forget to get your HBCU football fix on Box to Row with Donald Ware each weekend on a radio station near you and on Sirius XM on the HBCU channel, channel 142, and on ESPNU Radio on Sirius XM, channel 84. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram for the latest in HBCU football. And don't forget to tell a friend.